You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Welcome, Yancey, to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. Thanks. Good to have you on. Thanks, Rachel. As always. Yeah, good to be here. So it's Christmas time. Have you had a good start to the Christmas season? It's just yeah. getting going. Have y'all done anything fun yet? Uh, my wife has decorated the house. And you were helping. I won't even, yeah, I did help a little bit. I, I helped by watching her decorate the house, making sure she did everything the way that she wanted to. And I was like, good job, babe. That's probably the most. I, no, I get I get like the, my son and I, we have one son left at our house. Other two are gone out of the house. So uh, he and I helped get the tree down because we have the, we have like a pre-lit tree, which by pre-lit meaning half the lights work. So mm-hmm. we, Jennifer sets it up, gets it all done. She has a vision in her head how she wants to do the house. And it's not like opulent or crazy, but it's still quite a bit of effort. She loves doing it. So this is the earliest we've ever done it. I won't even tell you when we did it because I don't want people judging me. Uh, so That means it was before Thanksgiving. Just imagine. Just imagine Which, it's December 1 when we did it. But it was a little before that. Yeah. 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 What I mean, about you guys? You're busy. Uh, yeah, same thing. I think we, we decorated the week before Thanksgiving because we were going to be out of town. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I wanted to come home yeah. to it done. Yeah. So then I could enjoy it for one yeah. month. That's what I say. I yeah. want to enjoy it for one month. So I know... Yeah. It's a big debate, but that's what we did. Um, yeah. But we actually haven't really gone to see Christmas lights or anything yet, so hopefully soon. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. So yeah. do you all have, like, a favorite Christmas tradition in your family? <clears throat> or do you have one? No, I I don't, you know, I, I knew you were going to ask me this question, and I, I couldn't think of some kind of really big Christmas tradition that we have. Not that we're anti-Christmas, really love Christmas. We Probably for us, it really is just decorating. I'm glad you're not anti-Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a really bad <laughs> podcast. I think decorating our house is one of our traditions that yeah. I like. Uh, the Christmas tree itself. Uh, you know, for us, some of my, our favorite things for Jennifer and I are like just to put on some Advent music like Andrew Peterson's Behold the Lamb mm-hmm. and get a fire going, you know, if it's below 60 degrees, it, it counts if it's below 60 degrees outside. So we'll put on a fire and have that music going on. And, you know, Jennifer's over there drinking a cup of coffee or I've got some hot chocolate and that's kind of it for us. You know, she can have like a book or I can read a book and we can just be around each other. And then Beckett's doing whatever. My youngest son who's at the house, just doing whatever with his friends. And so it like feels like Christmas. Yeah, man, it does. And uh, it does. It feels like, feels like Christmas. So just, Kind of the the decorations make it feel like Christmas. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the ambiance of Christmas. And the music. Yeah. Behold what about you? God. Uh, Behold the Lamb of God for sure is one of ours too. It goes on and then we know it's Christmas time. Right. Because it's just one of our favorite things. Sure. Uh, we have a couple. We have younger kids. Yeah. So there's this one house in our neighborhood that um, has the music with the lights, you know. Oh, and whenever your yeah, kids are yeah. really little, they, they, yes, they <laughs> love that. And we That's call it the Hippo House because it plays I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. What? And when Micah, who's 13, was two, she was obsessed with it. So now it's just turns into a tradition. Now we have to go. Oh, wow. Yeah, we have a puppy. And they're like, we got to take Leo to see the Hippo House. Oh, and no. I was like, do we? Yeah. But that's, well, you do now because they That's said our it. tradition. It's your so, tradition. Yeah. Just started. So on this episode, we're going to go through just some big questions that people have about Christmas. Sure, I say big questions, and some of them really aren't that big, but they're Popular. common. They're common questions. Yeah. If Even if you were to Google uh, these questions just pop up, and it's okay to not know the answers sure. if you're a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus, but it's also it's helpful to have yeah. a way to respond because uh, there's a lot going on at Christmas time, but this is, we're celebrating, you know, one of the biggest claims of our faith. For sure. That God came 
to be with us. For sure. So for sure. Um, it's good to sort of have some sort of way to have this conversation. So yeah. I'm just going to throw some of these big questions at okay. you and we'll just see how you do. Let's go. So before we get to the big ones, I have some other just trivia questions. Right. So we're going to start yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So I know you have answers to the other ones, but let's see how you do with these. Because <laughs> you just told me you don't really like Christmas. No. <laughs> I'm just joking. I like Christmas. You didn't. Okay. How many ghosts show up oh. in A Christmas Carol? Three. Is it five? <laughs> it's Guys, it's a trick question. I don't know how many ghosts. It's Christmas past, Christmas future, and Christmas present. That's three. And I guess maybe the guy telling them that they're showing up is there the fourth go. one. Is that Marley, it? yeah. His oh, friend Marley. Okay. Four. Right. See, you knew. All right. You knew. You got it. You get that point. Okay. What well, you're are... a gracious judge if you're going to give me a point <laughs> for that. But what are, the other two, wait, what are the other two most popular names for Santa Claus? Oh, my gosh. Old Saint Nick. Would that be considered yeah, another name? Yeah, that's right. Uh, According to my notes, uh, like Father Noel or Papa Noel or something to that, probably that. There's another big Father one. Christmas or something like that. There's Chris, another big Chris one. Chris Kringle. Ah, uh, Chris Kringle. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're yeah. doing you're doing pretty well. I'm just making up stuff. <laughs> okay. So here's this will be interesting. In Home Alone, where are the McAllisters going on vacation I, when I, they I, leave? Kevin, I've never seen this show. No way. Yeah, like I'm a Christian. <laughs> So, uh, no, I'm I really have never seen the show. I'm going to say one of two things. They either go to New York or they go to Paris, and I think it's Paris. It's Paris. Okay, there You've you go. You've seen it. I've never seen it. Okay, well, I've I'm just gonna... seen clips of it, like... Yeah. And is, it, does it, is that the show where he's like, Merry Christmas, you dirty animals? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, no, I've never seen it. Hey, and just so you know... But it's so memeable, that's what i You I'm almost saying. get double points because in, in Home Alone 2... They go to New York. He goes to New York. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. I'm going to tell Jen... Yeah, you go ahead. To, tell you, my you, wife. You have to watch this now. No, pass. Pass. We'll keep, it's okay. a whole other pod. Here's another movie that maybe you've seen. In The Grinch Stole Christmas, what three words describe the Grinch? Oh, man. What three r- words describe the Grinch? Yeah. That he's mean, that he's green. Mm. And uh, the Grinch, I'm saying he's mean. I'm saying he's green. And I don't know, is he lean? <laughs> I don't know. I try to think Dr. Seuss would try to rhyme something. Hey, am I, am I tricking what, it out you're too doing much? A, you're doing a really good job when you actually do not know the answers. I don't it's know. stink, stank, and stunk. It's <laughs> actually I one just, word. That, just, that describes most teenage boys, and they're not they're just, okay. All right, here's another <clears throat> Christmas. This is, I think you might know this one. Okay, and it's a wonderful life. What happens every time a bell rings? Oh, of course, an angel gets its wings. Yeah, so. Now my my wife would never let me back in the house if I didn't answer that one correctly. I was going to be sad. That's yes, my favorite yeah, It's my movie. wife's it's favorite movie. movie of all time. It's really good. Do you cry every time you watch uh, yeah, it? Yes, I cry every time. You, I amazing. would cry right now, so we have to yeah. just move on. All right, we'll stop. It's so good. My wife does the same. I, I get a little choked up, too, when I watch it, and it's just so beautifully done. It's such a great story. It's a beautiful story. Yeah, it is a beautiful story. Yeah. Okay, what did Frosty the Snowman do when a magic hat was placed on his head? Well, he, he turned. he became alive. No, 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 no. It's part of the song. Oh. It's the song. <laughs> say it again. I have to sing it. Sing that part. I, I cannot don't, uh, do it. What, say it again. Uh, when he puts that. When what, a magic hat was placed on his head, he began to. I don't know. Sing a song. And I believe I just. No, you did a good job, but I don't remember. Dance around. He began to dance around. Frosty the snowman. Yep, there you go. Oh, there you go. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, We're which together. Well, one of Santa's reindeer has the same name as another holiday mascot? Oh, no kidding. Uh, I don't know. I would say Prancer. There's Prancer, there's Blitzen, there's Donner, there's Cupid. Cupid is Cupid one? Uh, <laughs> I'm making up stuff now. Of course, Rudolph. You got to give a final answer. 
Oh, my final answer. I'm going to say. Uh, I said. Uh, did I say dancer or prancer? It's a. It's, I'll just say Blitzen just to make. Wait, it, wait. Uh, the same name as another holiday mascot. Another. Oh, the same name as. Oh, well, Cupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cupid. Yeah. I'm sorry, go. I didn't hear the question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you got it. <clears throat> okay, two more. So, what country started the tradition of putting up a Christmas tree? Germany. Yes. Yeah, that's a. I thought you might know that one. Yeah, that's a little. It, it, Kind of dovetails with a little church history, so they, they teach right. you. I probably read that somewhere. Lutherans and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so this one's the most important one. In Elf, yep. what are the four food groups Ugh. for elves? Oh, my gosh. What are the four food groups for elf, elves? Uh, you know, this is embarrassing. This is my wife's second favorite show. It's her favorite modern show. It's uh, Your wife has great taste. It's, uh, is it syrup, one of them? It's sugar? It's something, 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 something. You're something. definitely on the right track. I know, man, because I've seen this. I've seen this show a million times. The four food. Jennifer is going to hear this podcast and just disown me. The four food groups are. Can you give me the first one? Or are they all the same thing? Right. Candy. Candy. Candy cane. Candy corn. And I don't know. You said candy, it. Candy in syrup. Yes. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Good job. Yeah, no, you had to give me a. You had no, to feed me. That one. was good. That was good. That means you watched it. So. I have watched it one million times, and that that one I think even chokes Jennifer up at the end. Oh it's, yeah, it's, I love it's it. So sweet. Yes. So sweet. Yeah, those are good ones, man. Yeah. Those are good ones. So you did pretty well, actually. Well, that was your. It, you you had to help me out a couple times, but. You did pretty well in your trivia. So let's. Uh, <clears throat> Let's see how you do with our real questions. Okay. Real Let's questions that people are asking yeah. about what's going on at Christmas time. So we're just going to sort of run through these. Sure. Um, they don't all necessarily connect. So was Jesus actually born on December 25th? So you know this answer, right? You want me to Mm-mm. give you this question? <laughs> uh, no. And we said this before. We said this from the pulpit as well, that Jesus... As best as we understand, Jesus was not born on December 25th. <clears throat> Scholars likely believe he was born in the spring. You know, they're trying to connect some dots with, like, um, the the census that's being taken and all these kinds of things, and when people would actually move and travel during this, what time of the year during the middle in, in Israel, Palestine. So uh, I, I think a lot of them say around September. When I was... In school, I was taught like March or April because of the spring and, you know, even the animals being out. We, we happened to be mm-hmm. in Israel. Uh, our families were in Israel a couple of years ago, and we even saw like shepherds out there, which I thought was just super wild, awesome, amazing. <clears throat> but most likely not in the winter for all kinds of reasons. Uh, but it seems like December 25th was picked because it was a, it was a pagan holiday. That date was a pagan holiday of like the the birthday of the sun or the coming out of the sun or something to that effect. I don't I don't remember the whole thing, but um, it probably was when Constantine, who was an emperor, who uh, said he became a Christian, legalized Christianity, and but also came out of paganism, a Roman paganism, where the sun god was the chief god. And he's like, oh, sun, sun. Well, we'll just have his birth, Jesus's birthday, just on December twenty fifth, and it's most likely scholars believe that he made it a national, you know, like presidents will make a national holiday. He just made it a national holiday. We're celebrating Jesus' birthday on the 25th, and from at least 336 A.D., not because I know that date in my head, just did a little research before we got here, so to be fair. From that date on, it seems like that was generally the date that the church celebrated the birthday of Jesus, unless you were in the 
unless you're in the the East, if you're an Orthodox, you celebrate it on January the first for a long time, mm-hmm. for like right where Epiphany settles. For those of you who know what Epiphany is, so um, <clears throat> so that's that's where that came from. And Christians have been happy to steal from other calendars of the of the regions they lived in to say, well, you guys are going to celebrate these pagans. We'll celebrate the one true God. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I think for Constantine, it made sense for him for like the, the son of God. I mean, even for what I understand, like if you go to um, St. Peter's in Rome and you go into the, like underneath, um, like in when they did excavations around that same time of Constantine, there's this, I don't know if it's a fresco, it's probably not that, some kind of painting or something, some artwork that shows... Jesus Christ as the sun god. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, everything was a little messy in church history. But that's where that date came from. Jesus was uh, 99.999% sure that he wasn't born on December the 25th. Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> does it matter? Because I remember when I was in college at UT, yeah. and I was 18, uh, when I was there, there was this this really popular show, this guy that went around and he would show you based on the stars, his constellations. Do you remember this? Um, Yeah, I I mean, it didn't come to my neck of the woods, but I think that guy came like out of of Texas A&M or somewhere. Yeah, yeah. it was in Texas for sure. And it was really, you know, maybe it's because I was 18 or maybe it was just that good. But I remember being like, oh, well, wow. But he would show you how like on December the 25th, There was like a lamb in the sky, and yeah. you were like, "Oh, yeah. because you know God can do that, and sure that's he amazing." Can. Yeah, and so, but it really felt like an apologetic for Christianity. So, yeah. does it matter? Like, yeah, I don't think the date Jesus was born matters at all. Uh, the fact that he was born matters, but the Bible never specifies the date. Number one, so it can't be that important if we never hear in the Bible the exact date that Jesus was born. By the way, I mean we we go by the Jews go by a different calendar at that time, anyhow. We wouldn't even know what they were talking about if you were mm-hmm. just, you know. Um, so just the whole idea that January, February, March, April, those are named after Roman gods anyhow. <laughs> so January is named after, I believe, Janus, the the god of kind of the double-faced god, the god of the portals, the god of new beginnings, January. And so like they have all kinds of stuff like this. So um, I think they organized around December 25th, if I understand correctly, it's close to like the winter solstice. It's the highest, it's the when the sun's out the most. And so, I mean, Christians are just really awesome at stealing that. Like, yeah, man, when Jesus came, the Son of God is out mm-hmm. in power uh, in the incarnation, uh, that's going to be the day we take. So it, I don't, it doesn't really matter at all. Uh, I, I do remember, they used to call it like the Star of Hope or the Star of Jesus or the Christmas Star, I think. And then this guy would go around and do mm-hmm. that stuff. And I never felt, uh, I felt like you had to do a lot of work to make that happen. And, and we had NASA people here that I was like, eh. You know, and I think this guy was a NASA guy too. So, uh, you know, I, and I'm not even arguing, even if it, if it's true, that's, that's amazing, but it seems like that's a whole lot of work for what something the Bible doesn't really, uh, does talk about a star, but we don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's a long winded answer to say the date doesn't matter. The date doesn't matter, but, um, I guess the flip side of that for people could be <clears> like, <throat> but we still, it's still okay to celebrate on that day. Yeah, I mean, some would say no, just like they don't want to celebrate on Easter because Easter is a derivative from the term Ishtar, which was a fertility deal. It's where you have eggs and bunnies and those kinds of things. But, um, I mean, some of that stuff just gets merged. But the Christians, we we know exactly when Jesus mm-hmm. rose from the dead. It just happened to fall on that same day. So I just like to think of it this way. While all the 
when I say pagans, I don't mean people that didn't believe in a God. They just believe in multiplicity of gods. So you had the, the basically what we would consider Roman mythology. You had all the Roman mythology pagans celebrating on December 25th someone, and all the Christians are like, we're celebrating Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're going to celebrate as that as his birthday. And so they just... They just decided to like we're going to take all these parties and make them Christian. So sounds familiar. Uh, it does sound familiar. Sounds like you know with Easter. Sounds like um, like what we do now. Yeah, I mean even yeah. Halloween for the most part actually started with the church and then it got reversed. I mean All Hallows mm-hmm. Eve and those kinds of things. But that's a whole another podcast. But yeah, yeah, no, I think it's. Uh, I, I don't think we're celebrating a pagan holiday. We're celebrating a Christian holiday, uh, but. It was during the same time. Like, if you're going to try to find a date where some pagan wasn't celebrating something, there's just not a lot of days to choose from anyhow. So yeah. that's what Constantine da- did. Uh, so the church has been doing that traditionally ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it really, <clears throat> just you talking about it, it just even makes me think about how God really even accommodates to what's happening with humans. Yeah, and the man. church has done some of that too. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean it's not real. Oh, no. It just means that's what was happening in their society. Yeah. And so... Absolutely. The church is a wonderful missionary movement. They mm-hmm. adapt wherever they are. That's to me, where some people get nervous about that. I, I don't. I mean, they, the essence of Christianity has never changed. I mean, the things you say in the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, uh, but Christianity is incredibly adaptable to any because it, it doesn't. It's not based on a certain ethnic group being saved. I mean, really, it's the whole world. Revelation twenty twenty one twenty two. Um, it's also uh, it, it it because it is global. It it appeals like we don't have to go to Mecca. Not trying to dog another, but we don't have to go to one place and do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we can worship God through Christ anywhere. Um, I mean, even not to belabor this, but even when we were in Jerusalem, you have people from all around the world worshiping in all different kinds of styles, but they're they're still worshiping Jesus and would all affirm the same creeds from the first 300, 400, 500, 600 years on. So that's the beauty of Christianity is it's just, it can, it can bloom anywhere. And, uh, and there are indigenous expressions of that faith in all kinds, Africa, you know, North Africa, Augustine was maybe different from the Eastern Orthodox or from, you know, those in Rome or now those in Asia Minor. So that's the, that's the beauty of it mm-hmm. all to me. But the truth of who Jesus is is still No, that's exactly, absolutely everywhere. right. Absolutely yeah. right. So it looked, it took its own expression in mm-hmm. North America as well. So it, with the Puritans or, you know, here we have Friendswood up the road. That's what the Quakers did. And then we have, so it's just, it's just, uh, where everyone thinks that that's a weakness. I've always thought that was a strength. Mm-hmm. That's why Christianity can be anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. So. Okay, so you mentioned creeds before, and uh, one thing that's mentioned in those creeds is that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. Yep. So yep. does does that matter that she was a virgin? Why, why is that part of the Christmas story? Yeah, that's a good question. It does matter uh, for all kinds of reasons, not the least of which is this is how the Bible teaches us that Mary was in this condition when she was uh, with child. I'll, I'll just read you one passage. Uh, Luke 1 34 through 35, I just had it here already on the computer. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? In other words, how, <laughs> how am I going to have a kid since I've never been with a man? Uh, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And so what, what you have there is, um, it, it's important because that's how the Bible pictures it. Secondly, I think it's theologically important. If, if there's this idea that when Adam sinned, you know, when Adam and Eve represented humanity together, I would argue that Adam represented the head of that. That's why it says that we're in Adam or we're in Christ. When, when, when mankind fell, uh, our nature fell with mankind. So every person born has this broken sin nature uh, that I would 
argue is attached to this, at least the implications of the sin of Adam, if not directly. But with Jesus not having uh, a father, a physical male uh, who was with Mary to have this kid, to have him, I should say, uh, there's this theological statement that this this child is different. This is not just man. This is the God-man who has no sin. His nature has no sin. His nature is not even broken. Uh, and the only thing about him that is susceptible to corruption is his body, uh, which is fully human. And so that, that to me, is important. Uh, I'll, I'll give you, we talked about creeds earlier, the Heidelberg Catechism, easy for me to say, the Heidelberg Catechism, in question 35 says this, <clears throat> it says, how does the lowly conception and birth of Christ benefit you? And the answer is, he is our mediator, and with his innocence and perfect holiness, he removes from God's sight my sin, mine since I was conceived. So we, we have sin issues from the minute we're born. We're not, uh, we're sinners from start and go, but Jesus wasn't. And the, the kind of theological declaration God makes and having Mary have no human father for Jesus uh, makes that the case. Now, there was like a, some people will argue like, well, you know, in the Old Testament, there's this passage in Isaiah seven fourteen where it says that, you know, the, the, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, but it's really not the word virgin. Uh, the word is in, I believe in Hebrew is Alma, which means like she's a young maiden. But, but when the, before Jesus came on the scene, no one read really Hebrew. They read Greek. That was the law. That was kind of the words of, or the language of the land along with Aramaic. Aramaic was the popular what we would talk. Like that was the lingua franca. But like when people wrote stuff down, it was Greek. And so the Bibles that Jesus would have had, like Genesis through Malachi, he wouldn't have read it in Hebrew. He would have read it in Greek because it's called the Septuagint. I'm not going to get into the weeds here. I'm just saying what's known as the Septuagint, 70 scholars translated the Old Testament Hebrew into uh, into New excuse me into Old Testament if you will Greek so people could read it mm-hmm. and they got to that verse and they interpreted it as virgin so somehow these people that really knew that language said nope it's virgin and um, so that not only was true I would argue in the Old Testament it's definitely confirmed in the New and to me it's the kind of theological statement that mm-hmm. it that it makes that Jesus is fully God fully man and um, he has no sin nature. He is fully redeemed, mm-hmm. um, and his resurrection, even his body will be fully redeemed, or has been since his resurrection. So that's my answer to that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really, really helpful. Thank you, because um, sometimes <clears throat> um, when we're just thinking through or we're just hearing about the miracles and the Christmas story, yeah. all the Bible, uh, they seem random. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. You know, oh, he's he's born of a virgin, yeah. um, but they, they're all part of a story. Oh, for sure. They're all part of the story. They all, it all has significance. Nothing in the Bible is random. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to think through what, what, is, what is the story? What is, what is God doing here? Yeah. None of it's random. No, it's not. It's not random. It's all... Well, some made up by no, some no. guys just because it sounded cool. Not at all. And, and I, I think that, you know, there's all kinds of implications for why it's important that Jesus was born uh, by the direct uh, intersection of God's divine might and power. Because uh, uh, even in my systematic theology class, someone asked a really good question, but how did that really happen? I mean, you know, we, we know the biology behind mm-hmm. it. How did it happen? I'm like, well, it's a mystery. It just, um, he will overshadow you. That's all we got. Because what God's doing in the womb of Mary has never happened ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never happened before, never going to happen again. So that's that's mysterious. But that's part of somewhat to me, not just the mystery of... Well, we celebrate at Christmas to kind of put a bow on it. It's 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 part of the uh, 
the wonder of Christmas. Like this is Emmanuel, as we just read. He's he's God with us. And uh, how does he become God with us as a child? Well, it's just this amazing, miraculous intervention of God's Spirit somehow uh, with Mary, where she is able to bear a child that has no earthly father uh, save God the Father. So it's it's just it's just amazing, which mm-hmm. helps us move the story down later on in the spring, uh, thirty three or so years later, where Jesus is now the he's he's not never been a man since his incarnation, but he's showing how the God-man can be the one who steps in our place on a cross and becomes our Savior. And everything that Genesis and Exodus and all the way through the Bible has been pointing to leads up to this point. Mm -hmm. And his incarnation of what we celebrate at Christmas is 1,000 billion percent important because of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think whenever I teach systematic too, something that, that can get confusing is that sometimes even though we know the right answer, we still think of Jesus as a guy who was born who became God. Sure. And a part of this <clears throat> equation is he was he's the eternal son. Sure. He's always been the son. Yep. And then he was incarnate as Jesus the man. Yeah. But he's always been the son to the father. Yes. And this is an outflowing of who he's always been to the yeah. father too. Yeah. So. We highlight that about it's son to father isn't really even trying to speak to his gender because God mm-hmm. the father it's not like you know God has to. God the Father doesn't go use the men's restroom because he, you know he's he's beyond gender. He creates us, female and male, but he's beyond that. And yet, why does he give us these titles for us to relate to him as Father and Jesus is the Son? It's because he wants them to. He wants us to see the kind of relationship they have, and um, it's an amazing kind of deal that he's always been the Son, but not always been the man. And so I mean, mm-hmm. he's never been the man, uh, but he really hasn't. I mean, that's the, the word incarnation, in, to come into, or incarnation, where we have the flesh, Jesus comes in the flesh, and that's just the, the beauty of it, but never not as something less than the Son, always the Son beforehand, mm-hmm. always this relationship with the Father. And then we have right here in Luke, we have the work of the Spirit. So you have this Trinitarian um, you, you have the Trinity involved, as you do at this baptism and you know everywhere else. So it's a fascinating, like there's a lot of depth to Christmas. There's a lot of depth, and it's really beautiful. Yeah, it sure is. And really important. Sure yeah. is. Yeah. Sure is. Okay, so let me um, move directions just a little bit. Yeah. So uh, Santa Claus is yeah. sometimes controversial yeah. uh, within the church, and people have different you know ways that mm-hmm. they talk about him. Um, but what... What's the origin of Santa? Is there an origin of Santa? Yeah. I mean, there is, and there may be a little bit of debate on it, but from from what I've gathered over the years when I remember, and, and frankly, to research even to answer this question with any sense of, of clarity, it, it seems like this all came up during the Middle Ages, as best I can tell. And uh, again, uh, it seems like if you grew up in the early church or even the medieval church, so let's say the church from 300 to... 1500. So we're talking the bulk of the time it's existed. The church celebrated all kinds of stuff. The church calendar is full of celebrations. They like to they like to celebrate a lot. And a lot of those celebrations were celebrations of saints who had gone before. People that we talk about, Saint Augustine mm-hmm. or Saint Well, one of the saints that they celebrated was Saint Nicholas or Nicholas and um which is the namesake, Saint Nick, good old Saint Nick, Santa Claus. Um you got that answer. I did get that answer. And so um in the, from what I understand, in, the, in an attempt to run away from uh, a veneration of the saints, and let me let me break that down for people. So, in a in a way where the the church just 
I don't want to say worship, but they gave a lot of honor to the saints, where they would pray to the saints and do other things. Luther, Martin Luther, one of the reformers of the church, he didn't like that at all. He didn't want, and that just bothered him, uh, and it would bother us today. So he would tell his children, like, um, I, "We're not, uh, we're not going to give gifts to Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas is giving these gifts to us. Like, I'm just going to give you gifts in honor of Saint Nicholas." And all of a sudden, it seemed mm-hmm. that his followers, um, uh, over time, just carried that over into their own celebrations. And so it seems like Christmas, as we know it in a modern sense, started around the Middle Ages. Now, people have been celebrating Jesus' birth uh, for a long time, but really not that, not, not as long as people think. I mean, it, I don't remember the dates in there, Rachel, but it's not like the early church celebrated Jesus' birthday for a long, I mean, for centuries maybe, mm-hmm. at least that we can understand. Maybe yeah. they did, but we don't have any evidence of it. They celebrated his death and resurrection uh, and it's not that his birth wasn't important, it is, and we're talking about it. But as we understand Christmas today as a celebration of Jesus' birth, that probably happened in the 16th century. So not that long ago, mm-hmm. not that long ago. I mean, it, was, uh, it wasn't even declared a national holiday in the United States until like the 1800s. So it was 1830 or 1860 or somewhere around in there. So even if, it's not even that, it's not old, frankly. Yeah, it's not. No. Well, I think one of my questions I didn't ask you in the first part trivia yeah. was what was the, who was the first company that ever used Santa? No kidding, uh, like first and American it, company? Yes. Well, first, yeah, first commercial company. To oh use wow, Santa. gosh, that's a great. What's the answer? Do you, you want me guess? to guess it? Well, uh, I'm gonna. I would have no uh, Sears and Roebuck is what I would say. Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Dang it. Right, but that's that's recent. Yeah. You know the yeah. the modern origin of Saint Nick. Yeah is recent. Although one of my favorite stories about St. Nick is that he punched, he was in the middle of a trial about who the person of Christ was. Is that true? Yeah, it's more, I think it's more. Because I'm like, that's. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell people at least what guy. you've heard? Yeah. I, I, I think that's more legend than reality. Yeah. That, but what's the story? That I don't remember As exactly. Remember. Well, they're, they're having, you know, in the early days of the church, mm-hmm. um, they were walking, they were trying to define who the person of Christ was. Yes. And um, there, were, there were two opposing parties, and the uh, there was one that was saying he was a man right. who became God, which uh-huh. is, that's what we were just talking sure. about, yeah, the yeah, eternal yeah. son, so right, right, not right, that. Right. And Saint Nick, or uh-huh. Nicholas, yeah. got so upset during the trial, he punched this guy yeah. for saying that. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, so I can get behind Saint yeah, Nick. Yeah, it sounds like a great story. I don't know how much evidence we really have for it, because I've, I've heard that as well and tried to research it, and not that I'm the end-all, be-all of research, but it seems like that's more legendary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a cool story, like Saint Nick punches heretics. That's really his real job yeah. instead of delivering He's presents. defending the person of that's Christ. That's true. Now, uh, he, he is a real person in church history yeah. who really was a defender of orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, man, yeah, Saint Nick's got actually a cooler story than the one that we give him right? for 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 the kind of the big yeah. fat guy in a red suit. Those are just kind of accretions over the years, where now we have what we have. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you talked about um, you talked about pagan mm-hmm. legends and yep. how we have sort of adapted as a church. So you you've talked about this, but because there are so many miracles involved in the Christmas story yeah. itself, and because it's so commercialized and sort of pushed to the side, the real story of Christmas, um, what would you tell people, how, how can they respond to others who are like, oh, this is just, who are sort of dismissive of all of this, of the idea of Christmas? Yeah, like, 
Like they just think pay, they, 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 it's they, a legend. Yeah, it's pagan, yeah, yeah, it's... yeah, yeah. So to me, it's um, I, I, it's it's pretty much the same thing I would say for people who are dismissive of Easter and the resurrection. So you have the testimony of Scripture alone to me. I mean, that's one thing. So the, the Bible uh, testifies, and I, I know people would argue, well, that's circular reasoning that you're saying that the Bible. But but the truth is, the Bible, which is a collection of documents and letters and uh, parchment and you know whatever over the years over quite a few, uh, they're all fairly consistent. If they're not pointing to the birth of Jesus, they're describing the birth of Jesus, and they're showing that Jesus really lived and he died and then he rose again. And then you have the whole back end of the Bible, which is about his followers. And so there's there's that that's a real testimony. You don't have to believe it or not, but that's a real testimony. So I'd say the testimony of Scripture is to one of those. I'd also say that most almost all of those authors. Uh, most of them for sure, were all executed for their faith. So uh, the the apostles themselves, so just take the traditional 12 apostles, or just say 11 minus Judas. Uh, or yeah, add Paul, so the 12th, you know. Uh, I know Matthias was one we could add and add and add, but just take the traditional 12 apostles. I mean, 8 to 10 of them were killed for saying that Jesus was not only real, but that he was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah, that he'd come to bring in new and usher in the kingdom of God in its fullness, that that he rose from the dead, and that he ascended into heaven, and that he's coming back. So like all of these major things that we believe as Christians, these guys believed, and they were the first, they were the first front, I mean, they were the first Christians, nascent Christianity, and they gave their lives for it. And if you read the accounts of how the early church was treated for the faith. They're not. They're sobering, man. I mean, the way that they were executed, and it was it was just gory and sad and horrific. But you have to think to yourself, if you're just a, a reasonable person, they must have experienced something to allow them to undergo the kind of pain that they have, uh, saying that they were eyewitnesses to this. So, testimony of scripture. Um, I would say that the testimony of the martyrs, and I would also say extra biblical. Uh, we have extra biblical evidence or writings that testified to, that Jesus was born and that he was alive and that he had died, uh, and that his followers thought that he had been resurrected. And so we have like Tacitus. We have he's a, he works for Rome. He's a Roman guy. We have Josephus. He's a Jewish historian. And and these are guys generally around the era of Jesus, or maybe just right after that, and um, if not contemporary. And they all said that there was this real man named Jesus, and that he he was executed by the Roman authorities. So uh, it's just hard when people, for me, say that's just pagan, and you know they're they're borrowing from all these other. You know, the the Jews were borrowing from like the Mithra cult or someone else. When it just doesn't make any sense for the for the Jews for the Jewish followers of Jesus to do that because if they were trying to win their own countrymen, no one would believe it because they'd think, well, we're not copying these guys. So, um, it was unexpected, too. It, absolutely. And a fulfillment of really Old Testament prophecies and patterns, uh, those kinds of things were, I mean, it was God baked it into the world, into history, the coming of Jesus. So those are the kind of things I would say. Mm-hmm. I love that. He baked it into the world and history, the coming of Jesus, because... That is so true. Yep. It's really amazing. Yep. It's really amazing. Yep. I agree. It's 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 one more reason why I, I really, uh, historically, Christians have not celebrated Christmas per se. We do celebrate Christmas. That's what we call it. But the Christians traditionally, for for the better part of a thousand years maybe, uh, have celebrated Advent, uh, 
uh, maybe, maybe maybe 500 years or so. But when Advent is from the Latin Adventus, which just means the coming. And so uh, it's really weird because the early church actually celebrated Advent looking towards Jesus' second coming. Then over the years, it's kind of merged with his first coming to where for the last several centuries, uh, the church has celebrated Advent, and they take it for like the 40 days before Epiphany and all this kind of stuff. So they're, they're, they're preparing their hearts for the coming of Jesus. And so Clear Creek has, uh, for many, many years, a decade plus, has celebrated Advent as well to do what the church has done historically and really around the globe. And we're not anti-Christmas. It's just, for us, it's the same word, but we like to, it's more, it's more of a Christian word, if you will, uh, to say that. I know Christmas is Christ Mass, but I'm just saying the way that we, we sometimes when we think of Christmas, we think of like Santa Claus mm-hmm. and presents and trees, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's just Advent doesn't do any of those things. Advent's about... It's very specific. Very specific. It's about Israel looking toward a time when the Messiah will come, and we're reading Isaiah and you know these Old Testament prophecies about this coming Messiah and Advent, we're, we're kind of yearning and groaning with the Old Covenant people of God, saying, when will He come? And so that's what you're prepping on that, oh, He's going to be a God of hope, and, or a, a Messiah of hope, and a Messiah of love, and a Messiah of peace, and a Messiah of grace. So for those four weeks leading up to Christmas Eve, we celebrate those things, and so that's why we do Advent readings as a church and those things. I've I've uh, over the years that's become my favorite part uh, because it just has a richness and depth to it that speaks to my soul much more deeply than presents and wassail mm-hmm. and Santa Claus. And I'm not knocking those things. It just this doesn't speak as deeply to my soul right. as those other things. So it's not either or. I think it's both and. You know, we're, we're Americans. Those things we, are fun. Yeah, they're fun things. I just keep them as fun things, right? But um, but the real deep things I think Clear Creek's tried to focus on for our people, that when they come to Clear Creek services, um, that's why we do Advent wreath and readings, and um, and when we come to Christmas Eve, we will be talking about the glory and beauty of what it means for a Savior to be born to the world. Mm-hmm. And we all pause and do that together. It's such yes. a beautiful, beautiful time. Yes. So many people are in the room. That's one of my favorite things. Oh, man. Is it's, um, <clears throat> I mean, you can't even have enough chairs. No. And it's really all, everyone there is hearing or proclaiming the sure. Advent Sure. Of the yeah. God man. Yeah. It's That's really exactly. amazing. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite times of yeah. the year. A- as, a, as a person of the church, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite times. As a people of God, it's one of my, it should be one of our favorite times. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's, it's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Oh, Hope thanks, Rach. Yeah, it's great. Arrington's have really good Christmas and there's lots of wassail. Uh, same for the Chesters and everyone listening. And Advent services. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch a video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, thanks for joining the Clear Creek Resources podcast. See you next time.